have 11 new messages. Hello, this is Christy Martin, world champion. I'd just like to say, first and foremost, congratulations to all the women that are attempting to make the Olympic team. We've been getting messages all week from past and current boxers who are following the Olympic team trials in Spokane, Washington, the first ever for women boxers. It's only an opportunity that the rest of us have to envy. Christy Martin's fights were promoted by Dawn King. She made the cover of Sports Illustrated in 96 and remains one of the most famous female fighters in history. But that history is not long and not well known. Martin and many others called in this week to congratulate the Olympic hopefuls, but also to remind them of the bigger picture. The women that are trying to to represent the United States uh, have to know that they're not just representing themselves, they're representing all of the women fighters. And it is very important that they go out there and put on a great show and to show the world the kind of courage and the kind of boxing skills that women can have and do have. From WNYC Radio, this is Women Box, fighting to make history. I'm Marianne McCune, and here's photojournalist Sue J. Johnson with a voicemail dispatch from the second to last night of the tournament. It's Sue. I just had to call you from inside the ring after these lights. The lights are hot and bright, and my heart is racing even though... <laughs> My heart's just racing just standing in here. Um, not that many people get to experience this. They get playing music and the lights is like, oh my gosh, and the crowd going wild. It's like, <sighs> that is Tyrashia Douglas from Baltimore before she fought Friday night. My heart is pounding, and the bill said ring, and everything just go out the window. I don't see, I don't hear, I don't feel nothing. My own little world. Tyrashia Douglas may have slowed down just a little bit in terms of her punching speed. Early in the week, Douglas lost a bout against New Yorker Christina Cruz. Then every night, she had to work her way out of the challenger's bracket to make the finals. Fighting, 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 fighting. And she did. Big punch by Tyra Shia Douglas, and Christina Cruz spins around. That is a foul. Not permitted to turn your back to your opponent. Boxers talk a lot about heart. Douglas says you have to have it to punch and get punched, and she seemed to be boxing with all of hers. A little bounce in her step as she throws another combination. Punches so hard and accurate she stopped one opponent before the fourth round was over. Then on Friday night's rematch with Christina Cruz, she and her coach, Calvin Ford, came out looking supremely confident. If you've ever watched the television show The Wire, you'll be interested to know Calvin Ford is the drug kingpin-turned-boxing coach the character Cuddy was based on. He was blinged out with an unlit cigar in his lips. And that was the night Tyrashia Douglas took Cruz out of the contest. That's it. Douglas advanced to the championship Saturday, along with challengers Michaela Mayer of Los Angeles and Tika Hemingway of Pittsburgh, the one who told us how she almost had to fight her first coach in order to get him to train her. Each spent the week fighting her way out of the challengers' bracket to face, on the last night, the three undefeated boxers. 
Marlena Sparza of Houston, Texas. Hi, this is Marlena, and I just want to say thank you to Queen Underwood, the hometown fighter from Seattle. I just plan to just be great. And 16-year-old Clarissa Shields from Flint, Michigan, the surprise powerhouse who seems to lack any iota of self-doubt. With the stands jam-packed, all three challengers gracefully lost. Esparza and Underwood, favorites from long before this tournament began, fulfilled their promises to their fans. Larissa Shields did exactly what she said she would do. She kept telling Sue all week this was a business trip, and she did her business. Both winners and losers displayed great talent and great skill. And the many girl boxers in the audience had plenty of role models to choose from. When I box, I feel good about myself. Like, in a different place where I don't have to worry about anything. It kind of makes me feel like I could be up there, you know? And, like, fighting in the, in the Olympics. That would be really cool. My name is Isabel Hernandez. I'm 11. We've got a few more episodes coming this week. Clarissa Shields has been carrying an audio recorder throughout this journey. You'll get to hear her interview her dad, an underground boxer who unwittingly inspired the many long hours she spent at the gym, instead of hanging out like most high school kids do. It's a chance to be a fly on the wall in the life of a real winner, one who had few advantages to begin with. But first, a conversation with Clarissa Shields the night before she flew out to Spokane for the trial. Thank you, and welcome. Welcome to the green space. Now, Actor and boxing fan Rosie Perez joined WNYC at the green space to host a conversation with Shields, an amateur from Brooklyn named Heather Hardy, whose story we told in a previous episode, and Alicia Ashley, a four-time world champion professional boxer. And we'll be talking to women about what it feels like to get hit and what it feels like to hit. And we'll be talking about the dangers and the power of the ring this is a conversation. Join us. So now, before we meet the boxers, I want you to meet Sue Johnson. Um, Sue, photojournalist, took the photos as you walked into the green space, and Sue's passion for boxing is the reason why we are all here today. So, Sue, where did this project begin for you? And about two years ago, I met Vanessa Shakur. Hi, Vanessa. She is a uh, former fighter and a trainer and an artist, and she convinced me to come down to the gym and train, which is odd for me because I'm a nice girl from Minnesota, and we don't do stuff like that. Is that why you have like those that. guns? I am in better shape than I ever have been in my entire life. Oh. So I fell in love with it immediately. The gym was my place of refuge. It was like therapy, and it was church. And the things that Vanessa would say to me, like, stay relaxed to be powerful, or I can see you thinking, eliminate that. Or the power comes from the ground up. These were like things that I was thinking about all day long in my life. And the biggest thing about boxing is, well, one, it's high-stakes meditation. You cannot check out for a second. Mm. And the other is, like, it's a place to, um, to practice getting over fear. And I started thinking about what other women were doing there, why they were hitting heavy bags, and why they were interested in hitting each other. Now, since women boxers have been in place since the 1700s. Why do you think that has taken so long for the Olympics to recognize their talent and ability? That is a really 
a, a big question. I think it touches a nerve for people. It's uncomfortable, this idea of women accessing their own aggression. And these women have just astounded me in the way that they own their aggression. They can be both soft and hard. They have this full spectrum of their being. And it's something that I just I want for myself. As a mother, I want it for my daughters. I think these women are amazing role models. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so what has been the reaction to your project? You know, look at this. This is the reaction. This is the, <laughs> this is the results of this project. People have come forward and said, how can we help? How can we amplify this story? How can we amplify the stories of these women? This is, like, this is a part of the women's movement. And as we look around the world and fight to defend women's rights around the world and see the erosion of it, Karen Frillman, who's the editor of the series, said so beautifully, if we don't take care of the edges, we lose the middle. Absolutely. Well, I thought you did a wonderful job, and, and you're part of the reason why I'm here as well, as well that I am a huge boxing fan. I, I started uh, watching boxing when I was a little girl, sitting in front of the television watching ABC's Why World of Sports. Yes, I am dating myself, but I still look good. <laughs> I'm with you, though, on that one. <laughs> Now, talking about women looking good, please join me in welcoming Heather Hardy, Alicia Ashley, and Clarissa Shields to the stage. So now, uh, I want to just get right to it, if you don't mind. So, with you, Heather, because you are from Brooklyn. Holla! Yes. (laughs) You're from Garrison Beach, Brooklyn, and now... Why did you start boxing? And was it your neighborhood? Was it your environment? Was it the way you grew up? What was the uh, reason? I wanted to lose weight and get in shape after my daughter was born. And I was walking her in the carriage one day, and they opened a kickboxing gym in my neighborhood. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll try a class. And in three months, they threw me in the ring, and I won. And you can't get me out now. <laughs> you can't. My coach has to fight me. <laughs> now, you, you fought in the Golden Gloves six months after starting out, right? Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Oh, it was awesome. I think I won. <laughs> I felt All like right. I won. No, I won the Silver Gloves. So. Oh, fantastic. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> and Alicia, you've been boxing the longest here. How long have you been boxing? Um, about 15 years, I think. Wow. <laughs> I'm dating myself also. Oh, I was going to say, what are you, 12? (laughs) (laughs) What was women's boxing like when you started out? Uh, It was in its infancy, actually on the amateur level. Because when I went to Gleason's gym, I think they just put in a locker room for the women. And it was a tiny one in the back. And the trainers there didn't want to train any females. And it's funny because I came from doing kickboxing, so it was a different mentality. And they were like, okay, she can fight. All the other women that were coming in, they thought was more like aerobic boxing. So they didn't really want to train them. Now it's different. And, um, and also that you were a dancer? I started out as a dancer. My father's a choreographer. He still dances, still teaches. And that was my goal. I had no interest in boxing. Boxing, psh, oh. So the dance moves, does it help you with your footwork? Uh, it does obviously. in the ring. Um, it's funny because a lot of people who see me and don't know that I'm a dancer, will always say that I move like a dancer. My nickname in the ring is Slick because of the movements, yeah. Do you take on your time in the ring as a performance? You're the first person that actually put it together when I'm fighting. For me, that's my stage. You know, the, the other person is my background. Ooh! Yeah, yes. <laughs> All right! 
Yeah. People are there to see me. So that is how, when I'm in the ring, I always say I just want to make them look silly, you know. Mm-hmm. And Clarissa, you're the youngest up here. How did you start boxing? I started boxing when I was 11. And it's like because my dad told me about how he wanted a son to take after him, which didn't happen because he was in prison. But um, by the time he got out, me and my sister were the, we were the youngest two left. I was uh, nine and she was eight. So I want to take after my dad and make him happy. Take after your dad because he was an underground boxer, is that right? Yes. Right. Was he a good contender? I always heard that my dad, he was a beast, so I, I guess he was. Yeah. <laughs> so are, are you still doing it for your father? Are you doing it for yourself? Um, I'm doing it for everyone that supports me now, and especially myself. I've been putting in a lot of hard work. Like, when he, when he first said, yeah, you can box, he thought I would box, get beat up, then quit. It just didn't happen like that. Like, I think I got a boxing match probably my first eight months in the gym, and um, I just destroyed the girl. Ooh. <laughs> and I've been destroying girls ever since. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I mean, and how old are you? Do, do you mind me asking you? I'm 16. You're 16? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh, and so fierce. Congratulations. <laughs> What about boys? At 16 years old, I was boy crazy. Are you boy crazy? <laughs> how, do you, how do you stay so committed? I just try to focus on boxing because every time my mind goes somewhere else, I always hear my coach. He's like in my head, like, you better not, you better not let that boy So, Heather, you being a single mom, correct? Yeah. What is your day like? Do oh. you work um, or do you just box? I don't not work. Okay. <laughs> I get up at four every day. I have four jobs. Wow. I teach at boxing, kickboxing. I assist my coach. And then I work for Bruce. I'm the matchmaker at Gleason's. I set up all the fights there. And I work at the front desk. And I teach a kickboxing class at night. (laughs) And who takes care of your kids? I have my aunt gets her on the bus in the morning because I have to leave by 5. So someone has to put her on the school bus. And my dad is home to help get her off the bus. And so we, we have Thursdays. I'm off. That, uh, yeah, well, you, you I have a few hours a, off. A supportive yeah. family. <laughs> I know. That's really, I mean, that's really something to cherish. And, and, and uh, so do you feel like you've sacrificed a lot for yeah. boxing? I have, but I've gotten, come so far. So I definitely feel like it's, it's been worth it so far. Has your daughter seen you box? And the first time she saw me fight was in the garden last year. That's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, like, really far away. So between rounds when my coach was, like, taking out my mouthpiece, my sister would tell us, see, look, Mommy's smiling. Mommy's smiling. She's okay. You know? She had saw me kickboxing when I was sparring, like, in the beginning. And this big guy had kicked me in the face and knocked me over. And she was like, Mommy, be careful. <laughs> so she had this, like, horrible vision of fighting until just recently now that she's older, so... And, and what about you, Alicia? How was your day? Well, I go to the gym. I'm usually at, there at 6.30 and train people or train. Because even as a professional, I'm not making the kind of money where I can just, you know, okay, mm-hmm. hang around. Um, so my whole thing is the gym, really, also. So and how many, how many hours do you spend in the gym? I'm usually there from about 6.30 to 2 in the afternoon. I used to have to get up very early to go to train and then go to the nine-to-five job, and then I used to do karate and kickboxing, do that afterwards, and so it was that kind of day 
when, I have to say, when I started out, you're doing exactly what I was doing then. Mm-hmm. So. And in your training, what, what does your training um, look like? I mean, because your stomach is ridiculous. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing I actually do a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a group that uh, every other day is someone else, and we'll be doing a lot of sit-ups. So, so you sit-ups, yeah. you hit the heavy bag. You, you, you. I'm, I hate training. Really? I love sparring. I hate training. Of course you love sparring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Clarissa? What does what your training look like? Just like she said, I don't like training, but I love, I love to fight and spar. <laughs> well, actually, fighting is easy because training is so hard. It's so hard. It's like training you get is there. discipline. Yeah. And but how like, many miles do you have to run for your endurance? My first time seriously running was, I think I was boxing probably about a year and um, we ran seven miles, and I had fell and scraped my side. And he said, okay, get up, and you, you, you got to keep going. I was like, oh, I just hurt myself. What? I, what? <laughs> and uh, we ended up running seven, and we jog, and then he blow his whistle. And then we got to sprint until he blow the whistle again. And um, it was just hard work. And then after that, like, I'll just, just be praying to God whenever he let us get off a break. Like, okay, we're going to run four miles today. To be so young, you have to be so focused. And boxing is not just a physical sport. It's a very, very mental game. And how do you prepare for that aspect of it? What is the training for that? I don't think you really that? prepare for that. You know, it's just something you go into it and you realize that it is. You really have to have this mental endurance because it, it, it breaks you down and then you get built back up and you're right. actually stronger. So it is that kind of, you know, toughness you get in it. People often criticize boxing as a violent, dangerous, and even primitive activity. And, and for the listeners out there, why should they be so excited that women are entering the arena? It's a sport, you know, boxing. Men get in there and they punch each other, so why can't women get in there and do it? It's, it's America, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> and, and Alicia, how does it feel to throw a punch? What is that feeling like? I really don't think about it as throwing a punch uh, or even as hitting the person. The overall thing about it for me is I'm playing a game. And as I say, for, for me, it's more uh, performance. You know, I'm playing this game. You're going to make me look good. This is exactly how you're going to make me look good. Because I'm going to hit you here, and when you try to hit me, you're not going to get to hit me. You know? <laughs> then I'm going to hit you again. I'm going to move around. I'm going to look at you a couple of times and go, you know. So for me, it's more that I just want to show exactly where I'm going to hit you, and you know that's where it's going to be. Oh, wow. yeah. have, have any of you ever broke down either during a fight, after a fight, before a fight, a- any, any time? Uh, yes, after I won the Nationals, um, I kind of cried. Like, I, I, I just couldn't think. Like, I just won this tournament against a girl. Now I'm in the gym getting cracked, feeling like zero. So I well, don't the, like that. The, the difference is that when we feel frustration, as opposed to the guys, the guys get angrier. And for us, it's just a release. You're crying, it's over. It's not like I'm going home and the whole night I'm there thinking about, you know, this horrible session that happened to me in the gym. It's usually the release that's there, and I'm back into training. Wow. I think this is a great time to bring up Christy Halbert, who has been a real guide to this whole project. She is the head of the Women's Task Force for USA Boxing, and she holds a degree in sociology and was a pro fighter and is a coach and is an international coach and has worked for two decades to uh, get women's boxing included into the Olympics. Chrissy, will you talk just a little bit about this? (laughs) Yes. Can you talk 
a little bit about the fight to get women in the ring in the Olympics? Well, it took about 108 years. <laughs> That's a long time. In 1904, uh, the Olympics were in St. Louis, and women's and men's boxing were display events. And men's events were added to the Olympic program. And it wasn't until an appeal in, in 2005 that the IOC had an opportunity to actually vote on whether or not they would add women's events. And in 2005, they decided not to do that. And that meant that in 2004 and in 2008, boxing was the only sport in the Olympic program that didn't have any women competitors. So the grassroots initiatives started again, a little more organized at that point, and the International Federation at that time developed a strategic plan to appeal to the IOC once more, and so in August of 2009, the IOC Executive Committee voted to add women's boxing events to the 2012 program. And Christy, what do you think are some of the struggles for women amateur boxers? I think my experience is that to participate in athletics at this level requires tremendous sacrifice and I think any athlete that's on the elite level, they've gone through a lot, they're at the top of their game, they've sacrificed a lot, but for women who box, they're also overcoming societal barriers, and in every culture there seem to be these barriers, and some of them are are subtle, peer pressure, family pressure, uh, not to box, and some of them are more direct, and uh, those would include things like a, a national federation that does not allow women to box, or it could be gyms that don't allow women to participate. But that's changing, and and that's one of the important things about women's boxing getting into the Olympic Games is that it brings legitimacy to their athletic pursuit, to their chosen sport, boxing. And so in 2011, countries like Syria and Afghanistan, for the first time, had national championships for their women boxers. Alicia, I I have a question for you. We're talking about all this, um, you know, sexism, and what about racism? Have you encountered that in the boxing gyms? I mean, was it harder to be a woman, or is it harder to be an African-American woman? No, I think it's harder to be a woman. The sport of boxing, I think, is so much more open to minorities, because that was one of the things boxing got you out of. You know, your neighborhood got you, you know, to a different level. So it was always the minorities that were just so impoverished, and boxing was what was going to help them. So I think that's it's still that way. It's funny because as a pro, last year was the first time a female headlined a card in New York City, which was me, you know. <laughs> but I fought all around the world, and we're headliners there, and we're televised all the time. And you cannot find a female fight televised here in the USA. Uh, women, you've already heard women uh, tonight, uh, very talented boxers, and, and they're, they're all coming to boxing in different ways, different pathways, and for different reasons. And, and that's one of the exciting things about women's boxing is the, is the diversity. It cuts across race, it cuts across class, across education. It's very diverse for women boxers. I think you find more educated women in the boxing ring compared to the guys. You have to be smart to fight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you very much.
now, 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 you said that you have to be very smart to box, uh, and you know it is a very dangerous sport. And uh, do you worry? all three of you lovely ladies, about the long-term effects. We see on HBO uh, Freddie Roach and what he has to deal with from being hit in the head for so long, and same thing with Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Do you worry about that? Do you think about that? You have to think about it because you're getting hit in the head like every day. <laughs> you're getting hit in the head. I know. I get can't all be like slick. <laughs> no, but you have to think about it. Sometimes you get hit so hard and it's like, whoa. <laughs> How long does it take for you to recover when you get hit that hard? It depends. Like sometimes you just get hit for a second and you're like, okay, one more round, coach. <laughs> have you ever been knocked out? No. Have you? No. Um, Clarissa, have you been knocked out? No, and I haven't ever thought about the long-term effect. You have that. never thought about the long-term effect that you could possibly develop a punch drunk? No, I just love the sport of boxing, so fighting is... I mean, I don't really get hit like that either, though. So. Mm-hmm. I do. And I see, <laughs> but I see people like that at Gleason's. Yeah, I, I work at, at Gleason's. Yes. I'm there for like 12 hours a day, and I see them coming, and it's like, oh, my God, please don't let that happen to me. Wow. But, but, you know, you, you think about that. They're different fighters also. Yeah. I think majority of them just stand there and they get punched and trade punches and stuff and I'm not that kind of fighter so I don't really worry about it in that respect so that's why you have to be smart because my coach is now teaching me move your head and it's Mm. like oh (laughs) I don't have to get hit (laughs) and your coach is the same as Alicia or her brother yeah you should look into that Clarissa because it is a concern it takes a certain person a certain character. I respect boxers. I really do. I love the sport, but I do worry about that. And I think that there should be more rules and regulations to prevent any type of risk. But I think for me, as a pro especially, we have to take MRIs and uh, different memory tests, you know. And I think if they put that more on a national level, you know, so that's not just the pros that are doing it, it'll really help. So you're all saying that you think it's worth the risk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're all in agreement? Wow. Heather, what about you with your daughter? Like, do you ever feel like, would anything make you stop or thinking about her? Does that change your equation at all? No, it just makes me train harder and not get hurt. There's like, you know, you're an amateur to learn everything. That's why you have the headgear. And I won't turn pro while I'm still getting knocked around. (laughs) Make sure I know how to move my head. That's what we practice. Christy, have you seen a lot of this with women with the head injuries? Do you see that a lot with women? No, we're not actually seeing that very much. And it may have to do with several factors, including boxing as a sport has changed since those days a little bit. I think coaches and boxers are both more aware of the long-term effects of excessive sparring and they're more aware of necessary rest periods after a match. So I think that's part of it. I also think that women tend to focus more on being tacticians in the ring rather than just going out and looking for a, a knockout. So that may have something to do with it as well. So back to Alicia's point that women are smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alicia, so uh, you are the only pro here on the panel, and can you explain all the differences between amateur and a pro fight? First, of course, is the headgear. Mm-hmm. So your awareness is totally different. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, 
yeah, mm-hmm. I'm moving. <laughs> the scoring also is a little different. With the amateurs, it is um, more of a point system. And with the pros, it's a little bit more power. You know, so you can throw a lot of punches, but it's the little bit of the harder scoring that, you know, they look at. Right. And Heather, you want to go pro. Why go pro? Mm-hmm. Um, Is it for the money? Tell the truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no I just want to be the best. I want to beat up everybody at 125. <laughs> I want to see them all. But what do you think is going to be different for you? Have you been punched um, in the head without the headgear? I'm no. from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I hear girls, girls that I teach, you know, they're in their 30s, and I'm like, you know, you're punching really well, you're moving, maybe we'll have a fight, you know, coming up. And they'll go, but I never got hit. I go, Wait a minute, you're in your 30s and you never got hit before? <laughs> like, that just really blows my mind. I go, come over here, I'll hit you. <laughs> and Clarissa, what's next for you after the Olympics? Are your eyes on the prize, too? Are you going to go pro? Yes, I plan to go pro. What I'm trying to do is trying to really get women's boxing out there so they can see that women boxers can box and that they can fight. So um, it'll bring more exposure, and they'll probably add more weight to the Olympics for the women. And then um, I probably still, since I'm young, I probably wait till 2016 or go pro. I don't know. Me and my coach haven't talked about it. What weight class are you in? Uh, 165. 165. Okay. And, and, and uh, Alicia? 122. 122. I hate you. <laughs> 125. 125. I hate you too now. Um, and Clarissa, I hate you too because you're young. And you're young. Uh, so. What's interesting, in the Olympics this year, where there's, there are 10 weight divisions for men, there are only three for women, which has been a real struggle for a lot of women to try and fit into one of those categories. Christy, will you talk a little bit about the boxing internationally? Like, How does the U.S. compare internationally and who's got would you say the strongest team right now probably the strongest teams in asia it would be china mm-hmm. in europe it'd probably be uh, russia and in the americas our biggest competitor would be canada of course there are individual boxers from several other countries that are also really good one of the main differences between how u.s boxers prepare and how international boxers prepare is that The U.S. is really the only country where the boxers simultaneously train on the amateur system and the professional system because pro boxing is is so big in the United States. So our boxers have to, once they get in that pipeline to, to become potential Olympians, they really have to work to focus on those international strategies that are going to make them successful in world championships and Olympic Games. Thank you. After this conversation, Alicia Ashley and Heather Hardy sparred in a tiny exhibition ring the Green Space team set up for the event. You can watch a video of Ashley's dance and Hardy's endless and so far fruitless drive to beat her. Just follow the link on our webpage, wnyc.org slash womenbox. My co-producer on this series is Sue J. Johnson. You can see her moving photographs of Heather Hardy, Clarissa Shields, and all the boxers at the tournament on the webpage as well, wnyc.org slash womenbox. Some credits and thank yous this time. WNYC's Karen Frillman has been our advocate and editor on the series, with some help from Andrea DeLeon and Chris Turpin on the stories that aired on NPR. 
Indira Edwaru is the executive producer of the Jerome L. Green Performance Space. Emily Botine helped produce the event, and she and Anne Hepperman edited some of the many hours of interviews and action we've recorded. Kathleen Ehrlich worked well beyond the duties of her regular job as director of digital content at WNYC to help put together our webpage. Lisa Poland wrote and researched for our website. Colin Campbell has been helping with the podcast this week. You'll hear Clarissa Shields' story from Joe Richmond and Samara Freemark of Radio Diaries later this week, and Joe has also been an advisor to the project. Paul Schneider and Jen Munson helped on the engineering front. Coach, sociologist, and expert in everything women's boxing, Christy Halbert, has devoted hours of her time to answering our questions. Her input has been invaluable. And without the trainer that inspired Sue J. Johnson's fascination with boxing, Vanessa Shakur, this series would not exist. At the New York Times Magazine, photo editor Kathy Ryan was an early and ardent supporter of the project and her team, Samantha Hennig, Amy Kellner, Dean Robinson, and half the video crew, put in some late-night hours to perfect the photo essay and videos that launched the series. There's a link to those on the Women Box webpage as well. And, of course, all the boxers who have been letting us invade their minds and hearts. And let me tell you, they have told us in more ways than one that we are invasive. Thank you. The Women Box podcast is a production of WNYC Radio. We'll be back to make you think more about boxing and women and how the two fit together several more times this week. Don't miss Clarissa Shield's story. It will also air on NPR's All Things Considered. <laughs>